Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Project Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Adam Kaplan. He is CEO of Kaplan Executive Search, a boutique executive search firm specializing in recruiting for the cannabis industry. And Adam also serves on NCIA's Human Resources Committee. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks. Great to be here. Yep. Great to be chatting with you today. I know uh, we just saw each other at one of the Cannabis Caucus events um, in in September here. Um, and there's a lot more going on with the California Cannabis Business Conference happening too. Um, so let's just jump right in. Let's learn more about you, Adam, your background and the kinds of experiences that you had professionally before getting involved in working for the cannabis industry. Sure, Bethany. So I've worked for and invested in high growth companies for the past 20 years. And I've always loved the intersection of people and business. So I've been working as a search consultant now for about nine years. And before that, I worked as an organizational design consultant, traveling around the country and helping companies make their businesses better through the proper deployment of talent. Got it. So you got to do a lot of travel for various new startups and large companies and everything in between? That's right. Yeah, they knew me very well at the airport. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. <laughs> I think I just got my TSA pre-check finally. I should have done that years ago. <laughs> and where are you based, Adam? Sure, we're based in uh, Detroit, Michigan. Excellent, excellent. Right, yeah, I saw you at the Ann Arbor Cannabis Caucus recently. That was a good event. So I'm curious... Uh, you worked with all kinds of companies. I'm assuming that ranges from software to administrative. What got you attracted to working in the cannabis industry? Was Do you have a personal story or did you kind of fall into it? Yeah, it's real interesting. So uh, last year, a fast growing cannabis extraction company called me out of the blue and asked me to recruit a COO for them. Mm -hmm. And the search went really well, and I got hooked. I saw how candidates really wanted to come and work for our industry. And as I read more and more about it, I realized its potential. So I went to the NCIA conferences. At that time, the uh, national conference was in San Jose. Mm -hmm. um, I also went to the C2C show in Boston, as well as 
to other shows. Back in the airport. <laughs> Back in the airport. Um, so, yeah, yeah it, it must be interesting to see candidates coming from other industries and then seeing the sexy new cannabis industry and wanting to get involved. That's pretty cool. Um, so, so you're currently CEO of Kaplan Executive Search. You're helping companies like that extraction company find that C-suite level candidate to, to fill a role. So t- tell me more about what's going on at Kaplan Executive Search and what your day-to-day is like and what's going on with the company. Sure. Well, we're all in on cannabis and we offer two primary services for cannabis companies. The first one is what we call our RPO services, which basically means that we're an extension of a cannabis company's recruiting team. So we see a lot of companies that are growing really quickly and they have a million things going on. And this is just one component of it. And oftentimes they need help. So we're here to help. The other way we work with cannabis companies and the way we help is if they have a single key hire to grow their business and they don't know where to look, they give us a call. Um, I also wanna say that we post a bunch of free resources on our website kaplanexec.com that help cannabis companies recruit. So for example, we have interview guides, sample job descriptions, reference check questions. So these can help cannabis companies hire faster and better. And we love to put that out to the community and hope uh, they take advantage of it. Well, resources are always helpful. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for offering those. Um, any big plans for the company this year or in 2020 here? Well, we want to grow with the cannabis industry as a whole. So we're excited to play a part of it. Um, we're excited to be on the HR committee at NCIA and to contribute to the industry in that way. So as cannabis companies grow and expand to more states, offering more services, we're here to grow with them. Great, great. Michigan's super exciting. We're so happy that uh, that adult use has been legalized. It's just a little slow going rolling out the licenses up there, um, but th- there's tons of potential up there in your own home state, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure, right? So the regulatory agency, uh, Andrew Brisbow, he's, he's working really hard. He has uh, a team behind him. And we're seeing some progress, which is encouraging, but there's definitely more work to be done. And of course, the cannabis companies in the state uh, want that to get done so they can get to business. Absolutely. And and the consumers want to be able to start purchasing that that legal cannabis (laughs) and take it home with them and enjoy the end of the war on drugs, at least the war on marijuana. Well, that's true. And I'm glad you mentioned legal, because one of the things that really drives me here is that we're trying to build a legal business that's going to be a great tax contributing business to our state and national economy. Absolutely. It's frustrating to have a $70 billion illegal cannabis market that's about seven to 10 times bigger than our legal market. So all of us are contributing to doing this right. And I believe if we stay pure to the mission, 
that we're going to, and I know we're making some dents, we'll continue to make a dent in that market and our industry will be open and available to people who are interested in participating. So crucial. Yeah, we, we, we got to open this up to all the entrepreneurs and, and people who would, would like to contribute to this, this movement. Absolutely. Um, are you, are, is your company working in any other states in particular other than Michigan? Well, we run a national practice, so we're open to cannabis companies wherever they are in North America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, any, any opportunities to go out of the U.S. since you're so very close to Canada? Are there, is, is there a scope of work there for you that works with cannabis companies coming out of our neighbors to the north in Canada? Well, for sure. And we see a lot of uh, Canada, Canadian companies looking to enter the U.S. now. Uh, mm-hmm. Michigan, you know, the city of Detroit's actually north of some cities in Canada. Interesting right. enough, look at the map, you'll see that. So we're right on the border here, and there's certainly a lot of opportunities, and uh, we do work with our neighbors north of the border. Great, great. Yeah, speaking of pretty far north, um, my father actually is from Upper Michigan, so they call that we they call those people youpers. So I grew up knowing what a youper is, although um, I haven't been there since I was a kid. But um, that's the other the other Michigan, right? It's it's a. Uh, it's the two hands. People have done this. For those listening, I'm sure this is confusing, but your your right hand is main, the main part of Michigan, but then you put your left hand up up here by your fingers, and that's that's the rest of Michigan, and it is, it's way up there, and you were saying Detroit is already north of some Canadian cities. Right, right. Yeah, upper Michigan's way up there. <laughs> it's way up there. We love the Upers. And also, um, there's some great grow country up there. So we're trying to figure out transport. Yeah. Um, that, that's a bit of, of an issue, but we'll figure it all out. And um, we're going to grow some great cannabis and employ some youpers. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I'd like to get back up there one of these days. I've got a lot of cousins up there. All right. Um, so in, in a minute here, we're, we're about to take our first commercial break. Um, but... We, we're going to dive into more about recruiting in the cannabis industry and advice for candidates. And but before we go, um, I mentioned earlier that you serve on NCIA's Human Resources Committee. Um, did you just join that committee in this term over the summer? Uh, yes, I did. Awesome. Um, is there any projects that the committee's taking on that you can share or still still working on your goals for this committee year? Well, um, we're still talking about it, but we're, we're uh, considering putting a, uh, a project in place that really helps cannabis companies across the talent life cycle. So everything from recruiting, which is our area of expertise, all the way to performance management, mm-hmm. uh, onboarding, training, uh, exiting employees, policies and procedures, really all aspects of HR. We want to make sure that cannabis companies have the tools that they need to succeed. 
Great. I'm looking forward to working on some of that content with, with the committee. Cool. All right. Let's take that first commercial break, and then we'll be right back to talk more with Adam Kaplan of Kaplan Executive Search. So stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany, and we've been chatting with Adam Kaplan of Kaplan Executive Search. So let's just jump right back in. Uh, the, the cannabis industry, as you've hinted, as we all know, is expanding, becoming more sophisticated, and most people understand what the CEO role is, the chief executive officer. That's very common. Um, but there's a few other C-suite level roles that are important as well. And I understand you were a COO in a former life. So I think it'd be interesting to talk a bit about the role of the COO in a company or organization and its impact on on these fast-growing, fast-scaling cannabis companies. Sure, Bethany, happy to. So yeah, as you said, I was a COO at a fast-growing company and we sold that uh, company to a private equity firm. 
we had a COO at that company that had the master vision for it. And she managed external relationships and developed a strategy for the business. So that was her role. She was outside. And I was really what you'd call the inside guy. And I ran the business each day. So we were a great team. I depended on her and her vision and her ability to drive the top line. And I worked and focused on making us profitable and growing. So that was outside the cannabis industry. Now let's look at cannabis. What all of us, I think, see is that there are many exciting visionary CEOs in our space. By definition, if you're in the cannabis business right now, you're starting a company, you're a visionary. Mm-hmm. I would agree. <laughs> right? So, you know, you're great at seeing the future, seeing the possibilities, raising capital and selling. What you may not be as good at or effective at is managing the day to day and holding people accountable. And the challenge with that is it puts all the other stuff in question. So the vision the investment, really the whole company is at risk if you don't have people executing things the right way, keeping tabs on the regulatory environment, making sure that uh, everyone knows what they're accountable for, hiring people the right way, mm-hmm. developing them the right way, et cetera, et cetera. So each cannabis CEO is really unique And the key is hiring a COO who fits with that unique individual to make the hire a success. So we can't even say, oh, this person is a CEO. I just need a COO. It's not that simple because what we're looking at is to map the skill set and the unique abilities and complement that person effectively. Gotcha. Yeah. So we're really really has a lot to do with who the CEO is. Exactly. It's like like a little bit of matchmaking. Exactly. So for example, we believe there are three different types of CEOs out there. And, you know, CEOs might have a little bit of each of these, but they typically lead with one. They either lead with sales or they lead with strategy or they lead with a people orientation. And we've Mm -hmm. done writing about this. You know, most CEOs lead with sales, whether it's selling to investors, customers. Um, So the key for a sales oriented CEO is that, as we said earlier, that person, in order to sell, you better get out of the office because you're not selling to anyone in the company. You're selling outside of the company. Right. Mm -hmm. So with that person being out, someone needs to be accountable and, and to driving the business on the day to day basis. And that's in, in many effective companies, that's a COO, chief operating officer. Got it. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Great. So uh, for fast growing companies that are trying to scale very quickly um, and trying to handle complex growth issues, what, what advice or best practices would you have for these, these companies that are just growing so fast? And, but want to handle this complex growth really carefully in their hiring practices. Sure. So cannabis companies really have a balancing act that they need to walk. On the one hand, they're growing really quickly. And that means they need to hire fast. So 
what happens in in, men, in many states, we see this in Michigan, and this happen, has happened in other states and will continue to happen as more and more states come online for both medical and recreational, is once the licensure happens, like, you're ready to go because you've had a lot of capital investment that you've put in, whether you've put in a grow facility or you've put in a retail or a, or a dispensary, you need to start making that money back. So that means hiring the people to staff that. Right. So that that's where the pace comes in. You really need to do that. You need to start uh, making back the cost of capital, right? On the other hand, for small businesses, especially, and most cannabis operators are on the smaller side, each hire really affects the company, its culture, and its performance. So you really need to get that right. And the cost of a bad hire can run into the tens, or in the case of more executive level people, even into the hundreds of thousands of dollars when you think about the, their salaries and onboarding, et cetera. People don't usually think about that. They think about the money they're going to pay for the person and not about what if that person doesn't work out. So mm -hmm. and the time to look again for another person, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. So that's the opportunity cost, right? There's a cost associated with that as well. So, you know, our recommendation to cannabis companies is you need someone on staff who's going to own recruiting and that item needs to be high on the priority list. Mm -hmm. right? and, and what that means is having a high level view of all open positions, where they stand and having targets and goals for getting them filled. And if you can't do that internally, if you can do it internally, that's great. But if you can't, Find someone who you trust and get help. Delegate, right. So how about for a candidate who's looking for a job? Is there specific advice for, for the person seeking that kind of position? For sure. So as we talked about a little earlier, I mean, this is a tremendous time to be getting into the industry. And in our lifetime, I'm not sure there will be another industry that's going to be created essentially from scratch like this one. Right. But you can't just raise your hand and say, I want a job. You know, I can't tell you how many candidates reach out to us and say, I just want a job in the cannabis industry. Help me get a job. Wrong answer. Uh, every company is looking for someone that can make an impact on their business. And mm -hmm. candidates need to understand that and be savvy about where they can make a, an impact. So mm. my advice to a candidate is, in cannabis, or really in any other, other industry, but especially in cannabis, where we're running and moving so quickly, get educated before you apply for a job. There are a lot of ways to do that. Sign up for industry newsletters. Get investor updates from public companies. Attend trade shows. Trade shows are everywhere, locally and nationally. And then join organizations like the NCIA get become a part you know one of the pillars of ncia's community mm -hmm. get into a community with other like-minded people so i'll give you an example um because you mentioned the ncia caucus event in ann arbor and i was so impressed because there was a candidate there and he came to the event because he wanted to learn more about the industry but there was only one person there who was a candidate who I had the opportunity to meet. There should have been 20 people like him or 30 people like him. Hmm. It was a great event and it was a great opportunity to get educated 
There were people in the business. There were ancillary providers. There was a, a great state senator from Ann Arbor, Jeff Irwin. Um, some great people. It's a, it was a missed opportunity for the candidate. Sure. Interesting. Gotcha. It's not what the cannabis industry can do for you. It's what you can do for the cannabis industry. Well, absolutely. <laughs> We're here to help grow this great industry of ours. Excellent. All right. We have to take our next commercial break here, but we'll be right back to wrap up our chat with Adam Kaplan from Kaplan Executive Search. So stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The National Cannabis Industry Association's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference takes place October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com and take part in the only industry trade show focusing solely on the California market hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference brings together thousands of cannabis industry leaders, policymakers, and entrepreneurs to discuss California-specific regulations, market trends, policy, advocacy, and research. The California Cannabis Business Conference will also feature over 60,000 square feet of Expo Floor, showcasing over 200 exhibitors. Make your plans now for NCIA's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. That's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany, chatting with Adam Kaplan of Kaplan Executive Search. Um, as we wrap up the show here, I want to I ask a couple more questions. L let's flip the table here and 
see what you would advise for a company who's looking to attract talented candidates for their company. Uh, what should they do other than posting a job description and put, you know, putting it on Indeed and LinkedIn and all those places? What other ways are there for a company to keep talent coming through the door, the, the kind of talent that they ideally would like? Sure, Bethany. So the first bit of advice I give to companies are, remember, there are passive and active candidates for each position. Mm. So when you post a job description, that only attracts active candidates. And sometimes it attracts a lot of them, especially in the cannabis industry. And unfortunately, we found that only about one in 50 or so candidates who apply for jobs have the required skills and experiences. Mm. So ask yourself, does your team have the time to go through all those candidates effectively and pick the top ones out? Mm. Um, so the other thing you need to do is get a strategy to get passive candidates. And it's not always just for the jobs. So you wanna be building a pipeline and build relationships with great cannabis people who potentially in the future could make a contribution to your business. So you wanna reach out to them, connect with them on LinkedIn, and a passive candidate strategy is not only effective for high-level positions. For example, we recently sourced an intern for our company that way. Okay. So they may be busy at another job or maybe they're, they're not actively looking, but you have developed a, a, a rapport. You've got a pen pal, basically. Yeah. And, then, and then the time comes when you can mutually help each other with some kind of need that comes up. Right. Because what happens on LinkedIn, for example, if you connect with someone, they automatically follow your business. If, if, you, if you have a company page on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. then they're starting to follow you. So they're starting to see you on their feed. And that may be enough. You may post something on LinkedIn later on or on Facebook. And that may be the trigger for them to say, you know what? Um, I really should take a closer look. I really like their point of view. I like what this company is saying. Uh, maybe there's an opportunity for me there. Sure. I mean, it goes without saying that networking is is super valuable in business, whether you're actively looking for a new position or or just networking uh, to expand your professional network. Absolutely. Makes sense. <clears throat> so to switch gears a little bit, um, NCIA was founded in the year 2010. And as we're wrapping up the year 2019 here, it's our 10 year anniversary as, as a cannabis industry association, which is so exciting. So in 2020, we're, we're already starting to look back, um, look and reflect at what the last 10 years, how much we've accomplished and, and also muse at where we were 10 years ago and could we ever have predicted we'd be here now. Additionally, we're also looking into the future, into our crystal balls and asking ourselves, where will we be as an industry in 10 years or where do we hope we're going to be? So I know that's a big, heavy question, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on that past and future reflection question. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to reflect. So first of all, congratulations, NCIA. I'm looking forward to an awesome party. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. um, so if, if I were to look ahead to the next 10 years, um, here, here's my prediction of 2030. So my prediction is our industry is legal nationally. 
and cannabis is flowing freely from state to state, except for three holdout states in the South who refuse <laughs> to participate. <laughs> we're a $50 billion industry, so we're up um, about 400% from where it will be next year in 2020. Wow. And our growth is faster than any other industry. So um, I may be I, too much of an optimist, but um, I'm very excited about, clearly this indicates, and I'm very excited about where the future holds uh, for all of us together who are participating in uh, the future of cannabis. Absolutely. My quick reflection is, um, so I, I've been a medical marijuana activist um, since the early 2000s, and I credit Troy Dayton for getting me more involved. Um, we met back then, and he is now uh, CEO of Arcview Group. So that's amazing to see. And I was doing volunteer work um, with Americans for Safe Access in the Maryland, the state of Maryland's chapter. I we were just trying to get the state legislature in Annapolis to even listen to us about medical caregiver issues. And they were under the impression that PCP is laced in all cannabis at that time. Wow, I would have never predicted adult use cannabis coming to the United States as it did in 2014. And Maryland now has a medical program they still have a ways to go, but it is so cool. I am so impressed with what all of the activists have done in this movement over the last several years. Um, yeah, so thanks for sharing those predictions. And I would love to see interstate commerce in, in the next 10 years, obviously uh, full federal legalization. Um, and we'll just see where we go from here. Um, we've run out of time, but I do want to mention our next national conference as we're getting past the California Cannabis Business Conference here. The next one is uh, a new conference we've introduced. It's regional. It's the Northeast Cannabis Business Conference happening February 19th and 20th in 2020 in Boston, Massachusetts. So northeastcannabisbusinessconference.com is where to find more info about that. And as we're running out of time here, Adam, where can people find out more about Kaplan Executive Search? Sure. So please visit us at kaplanexec.com. That's K-A-P as in Peter, L-A-N as in Nancy, E-X-E-C.com. And uh, we'd love to talk to you and see if we can help. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Adam. I very much appreciate it and look forward to seeing you at some future events. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.